Hey friends, welcome to episode 20 of Sprouting in STEM, the podcast about young people in science. I'm Audrey Farrell. I'm Matthew Murphy, and today we talk about design in science. You good? You I will okay? be. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, Audrey. I am... Um, Do you know what day it is today? The 19th? Is it though? Is it Friday? Is it Monday? Who knows? Know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so tired. And it's weird because, okay, so here's what's weird. Is that I usually meet with my advisor on... We have a group meeting on Tuesdays. And then our like one-on-one meeting on Fridays. But last week... Was that last week? Or maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> or maybe three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I had a crisis today where I couldn't remember what semester something had happened in. And like, was that last semester or was that two years ago? <laughs> Are you okay? I'm really, What's going on? I'm very stressed. And I'm planning many things. Okay, but... Our meeting was shifted back one day to a Thursday, like, I think two or three weeks ago. <laughs> but my brain hasn't caught up to the fact that we're back on the regular schedule yet. And so on Tuesday, we had a group meeting. But I've been toying with this problem in my research for, like, the f- four days before that. Like, frantically scribbling math on my board, being like, what does it mean? You know, <laughs> yeah. classic science. And I've been trying to figure out what it was. And so I have class with my advisor before our group meeting on Tuesdays. So during our our five-minute break in the middle of lecture, I I was talking to him. I'm like, you know, I've been struggling with this problem for literally days. I've been staring at it. I've spent so many hours working on it, and I cannot see what I'm doing wrong. And I have slides for a group meeting that I can show you um, so you can see, like, where I'm going wrong in my math because that must be what's going on. And he's like, yeah, sure. And then we have our group meeting, but he has another meeting with an important person from Brookhaven like 30 minutes later. So our group meeting's cut short. And he's like, do you want to present your slides now? We just have to rush a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? Do everyone else's. And then we can meet later. And I'll update my slides because there's a few more things I wanted to add anyway. Like I wanted to add some plots and stuff that I didn't have time to the night before. Right. And so he's like, okay, can you meet with me after your class? That ends at 5.30. And so I have a gap between 5.30 and 6.30 for my classes before my orchestra rehearsal starts. That goes till 9.30. So I'm like, okay, chill. Awesome. And so I don't go to my 4 o'clock class. And I, I ran back here. And I did some big science hours for like an hour and a half. And completely fixed my problem. Oh, wow. And then made a brand new set of slides presenting <laughs> how I got to fixing my problem. And then went and had an hour-long meeting discussing how I had fixed the problem and how to verify and, like, get error estimates on, on my new solution. And then I went to orchestra for three hours. And so my day yesterday... Was that yesterday? Yes. My day, <laughs> my day yesterday was so long and so much. So much. Oh, no. And so now I'm like, what year is it? I Do you ever just feel know. like you're moving at supersonic speeds sometimes? <laughs> and, like, I got a text today that spring break is in 24 days, which is, like, three weeks. Yeah. Which is no time anymore. And then next week I'm going to Amherst, and then the week after that? Two weeks after that? <laughs> spring break? The week before spring break I'm going to California, and so I'm like, I don't even know. 
what life is anymore. Really racking up the miles. <laughs> you world traveler, I you. Know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a very weird, stressful couple of days. And I think I've reached the point where I'm just so, like, emotionally and intellectually exhausted that I'm a little bit brain dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Today, I had a lab for a senior lab. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to take this lab because you did the astronomy one. But fun fact, everything is broken. <laughs> and so you have to do these, like, historically significant experiments, right? And so we're doing an experiment on gamma-gamma angular correlations in, like, nuclear decay, right? Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's irrelevant. <laughs> sure. It's irrelevant what we're actually working on. But we're using this apparatus that literally hasn't been touched since at latest the 90s. Oh, my God. And today we were working on it trying to figure out what had gone wrong because our last data set, which was the fourth full data set we've taken of this experiment that because they keep being wrong in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um that one was also wrong. So we were trying to figure out why. And um, we're like just hooking things up to the scope and everything. And while no one was touching it, our whole high voltage power supply just like and just turned off. Oh, boy. And uh, we like, first off, it's a high voltage supply. So we're all like, let's not touch that. Let's not touch that. Yeah. <laughs> and so the professor comes up and takes his little finger and like quick taps it a few times to make sure he's not going to get fucking electrocuted <laughs> when he touches it. And then he just looks at it. The le- the service sticker that's on that power supply was dated from 1985. <laughs> How many years ago is that now? 45? Wait, no. 35. 35. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so stereotypical of Stony Brook Physics Labs, though. Yeah, I know. Everything's broken and old. And they were like, should we fix this? Like, And, and like, they brought in like the hardware guy into the lab, and they're like trying to think of ways to fix this power supply and like take it down to the machine shop. And I'm like, why don't you fucking replace it? <laughs> it's from 1985, and it would... Whenever you turn it on, it's got this high-pitched buzzing sound mm-hmm. that is infuriating and definitely mm-hmm. not what's supposed to be happening mm-hmm. when your power supply is on. <laughs> and like, hmm. He's like, maybe we'll just go on Newegg and <laughs> buy a new one. Newegg? Yeah. You've never been on Newegg? Never heard of it. Oh, it's like discount electronics. <laughs> That's where I got my computer. Really? Yeah, my desktop is from Newegg. It's like ah. a refurbished gaming PC. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it works. Oh, man. I'm full of anecdotes today. So today I also, I was at work and I have been tasked with creating this um, like pamphlet, booklet thing for a science playwriting competition thing, fellowship, whatever. Um, so I was working in InDesign and After Effects and Photoshop, not After Effects. InDesign and Photoshop, um, which are part of the Adobe suite. And like when I open these things on my laptop, even when I could, I can't anymore because I'm on Linux. But when I like open them on any laptop, including like MacBook Pros and all that, you know, it takes a while to start up. You get that little splash screen of like mm-hmm. them loading all of the libraries and stuff for like Photoshop to open. And I opened, I was on my, my one of my boss's desktops and I click on a Photoshop file and it opens instantly and i'm like like the whole program booted up in none time and i was like 
bewildered because <laughs> i think especially because right now my computer is dying yeah. so every like opening a new tab in google chrome takes too much time right now on my computer oh no this it's, one no 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 not this uh, one my laptop is is suffering it's struggling that's kind of old though i know it's 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 like four years old and these things move quickly um but <laughs> I, I i'm like bewildered baffled by this and i i, I turned to my boss and i'm like what processor do you have in this thing and she's like i have no clue <laughs> like the it department buys the computers and i'm like this thing is a ridiculous machine <laughs> it just like when my when my laptop was new it would it would boot up illustrator in like maybe like 30 seconds you know mm-hmm. not two like <laughs> Uh, what it's like some kind of iMac I don't know what it's doing but like I want that maybe it's just like secretly hooked up to the entire supercomputer complex at the <laughs> IACS it's hooked up to Seawall <laughs> <laughs> that's why my jobs are always pending yeah because the remote. queues are filled up with photoshop. <laughs> photoshop I don't think that's how that works hey oh, we put man. it past anything oh my god you never know I hope my tea's cooled off. Now. Um. Oh, I hope my tea's cooled off. I'm too tired. You know when you're too tired to like. It is not cooled off. Reach out and grab your tea. Sounds like you need to just go to bed. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm also um today is supposedly the day that Berkeley decisions are supposed to come out. Hmm. Like the department was like, all decisions will be out by the nineteenth, and, and I'm it like, appears they haven't yet. This sure is the nineteenth. Well, they're still three hours behind, yeah. Yeah, they're three hours behind, but that means it should be up by eight if they're doing it within business hours. But like, they might not. It might be three a.m. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what school, but I got one at like two a.m. I got Stonies at like midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, Stonies Astro just finished today. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, not everyone's late. I know. It's okay. And I don't even know why I'm, like, nervous about it. Because I've got good options, regardless. Yeah, you, <laughs> I know. I'm aware. But I think, I think, honest to God, most of the reason I'm, like, anxious and stressed about it is that I can't plan my visits until mm-hmm. I know if I need to also be visiting there. This is true. And so, and I'm so stressed about, like, the financials and the logistics of my visits that like it's it's just compounding yeah onto itself especially the price because it compounds daily i know every every day i wake up and it's like 50 dollars more expensive and yeah. like and i need to book hotels i can't oh it's so stressful anyway whatever um <laughs> i also on um so today I was I was working in in InDesign very quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> evidently, with maximum processing power to my advantage, and so I've been set up with this like essentially like a graphic design project right at work, and but there I have two bosses that are involved in the design process of things at the center right, and they're both not going to be here on Friday, and Friday is the day that I work nine to five at my job, and. So they're like, you know what, Audrey, on Friday, just come in and take my office. Here's the login to my computer with all the processing power. <laughs> and and just, you know, on Friday, just come in and you, you do this by yourself. Graphic design stuff. I'm like, oh. 
nine to five the whole time yeah damn that's I a know. good gig i know but the 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 issue that i have with this project is that, that like i'm doing design work but i'm still getting paid minimum wage because mm. i'm still a student assistant not a graphic designer for super minimal effort yeah that's actually a weird kind of term because super minimal could be like really minimal or more than minimal. Mm. It's like flammable. Or it's inflammable. Yeah. yeah. Words. I don't know. Words. <laughs> you're, you're saying words to me. It's not going through. <laughs> it's like they're bouncing off your forehead like a radar. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but speaking of design <laughs> yes um this week we wanted to talk a little bit about like how how would you describe this like we didn't bullet fuck we didn't uh, make a list you just kind of <laughs> let me ask you something okay was this at all inspired by the email we got earlier this week which one about our consortium oh symposium oh actually no but that's a good point um so we got an email this week about our our honors college thesis symposium mm-hmm and so it's where uh, all all the seniors in the Honors College here at Stony Brook present their research in the form of posters. And they included a, a, a template that you can use to design your poster. And it is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I haven't looked at it. It's really hideous. Have you, it's, don't, don't use it. <laughs> There's better ways. Well, didn't they send uh, a new version? The, I looked at the new one and it's ugly. Oh. No, it's hideous. It's like made in PowerPoint. And it's like a bunch of squares. Do you use Photoshop for yours? No, I use oh. LaTeX. Oh. I use Beamer because I'm a fuck. Beamer, okay, Boomer. Yeah, I, where I I came up with an okay Beamer joke. Like, was that a year ago or was it last do you, week? Do you I at don't least know. use your turn signals? <laughs> yes, I do. I use my turn signals. Okay, Beamer. Um, no, I, I, I type up all my all my posters in tech, and it looks gorgeous because I have to type up math, and I'm not going to do that in PowerPoint. I did mine in PowerPoint. Ow, my heart. <laughs> and but it, it worked out well. I'll send you my um my my Beamer template for posters. It's quite nice. Sure, I'll take a look at it. It's beautiful. It's the one that's hanging outside my door. It's okay. It's all right. It's very. It could be better. It's text heavy because that project was a theory project, and so most of it's just words. But what about your figures? There are your figures. There are some figures, but not that many. Just put all the figures. Yeah. Every single one of them. Um. So yeah. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Oh, this week we're going to talk about like design in science because, uh. I'm doing a lot of design work right now for a science, like a scientific center, and it's driving me a little bit crazy. <laughs> <sighs> Tell me why. <laughs> Tell me why. Um, okay, here's why. It's because I don't have like free reign over the the posters that I make for for the Simon Center. I don't. I like. It's not. I'm not like free to design whatever i see fit right you're just the one making it i'm just the one putting everything into illustrator or photoshop or InDesign or whatever i'm doing the grunt work right yeah um 
And sometimes I get some creative license of this nice and I make something weird and then they're like, so cool. And then they don't pick it to actually use. <laughs> um, and so I have made like a handful of posters for them now in the past two weeks. Right. And every single one, when I am like sent the initial information for the poster, they send me the title of like the event. They send me all the information to put on the poster and they send me the images they think would look great as like the background. Right. But none of them ever do. Every single fucking time, it's a blue swoosh. Every time. It's like a blue, like, vaporous, swooshy, like, spacey looking thing that means nothing. And it's, I think I'm slowly going insane with all the blue swooshes I've had to look at. I think my art, like, our art director or whatever, who, like, comes up with most of the initial design stuff really likes blue first off literally every design she's shown me that she's made herself has been blue <laughs> all of them and i made like the first poster i made i made something with red on it and the other like my other boss saw it and she's like wow i love that it's not blue <laughs> <laughs> everything is blue and that's like common in science i don't know why for some reason Sciencey things are blue. It's kind of the color of being level-headed. I don't know. I don't know if that's it or it's like sterile or... Mm, I don't think it has anything to do with being sterile. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, because like the nitrile gloves are usually blue. Yeah, nitrile gloves are blue. If you... Blueprints. Yeah, blueprints are blue. The sky is blue. Your it... textbook there is blue. Yeah, textbooks are blue. Like um, equipment if it's a color, if it's not like white or gray, it's, it's blue. It's blue, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what science kind of and very, blue have together. It's a very professional color, Yeah, I think. And it's also just really... um, It doesn't convey anything too extreme. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's a very neutral color. Yeah, I just... Like, I get frustrated because... Like, I don't know that much about the specific topics that like these posters are designed around but i sure as hell know that they have nothing to do with a vaporous blue swoosh Ugh, it's driving me nuts it's driving me nuts i'm like you could like none of us know what this thing is like i did a, a poster on uh lagrangian floor homology or something whatever none of us on the design side of things know what that means or what it has to do with so we could literally make it anything mm-hmm. and so I'm like, <laughs> to my boss, I'm like, I don't know what this is. You don't know what this is. Like, what are we trying to convey here? And so we ended up making something like just vaguely geometric and like colorful. And it was better than a blue swoosh. But then like the first one I looked at, I made it with like a cool, like kind of colorful background. And I got a reply that's like, oh, this poster is great. Like, in the email. And it's like, here are some other background images I think would might look better. I opened, like, four different links in blue Shuttershock. Swooshes. All blue swooshes. Like, one has some speckles in it. And one's, like, really long. And one's a bunch of short bursts. <laughs> and I'm like, these are all fucking blue swooshes. <laughs> it drives me on black backgrounds. So the contrast is shit. It looks ugly. It doesn't print well. And it drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> I've had a long week. It's like when you have that really one single really good idea once mm-hmm. and you just hang on it. Yeah, you're like milking it way past its lifetime. I Well, I think physics has this problem in so many ways where it's like, how do you visually represent this concept that doesn't really have a visual analog? Like, 
oh, we're talking about, I don't fucking know, some weird, like, I don't know. Like, like if you're if you're talking about dark matter, right? Sure, we'll use, like, an astro-adjacent thing, right? You're okay. talking about You're talking about dark matter. How... It's it's dark matter. What image do you use? Well, if you want to stay kind of true to the idea of what it could be, because mm. obviously that's still an open question, you could just put like atoms and yeah. such. But what what do you put as a visualization of an but atom? You, but but you got to make them purple. Dark matter is always purple for like, some reason. Yeah, like oh my god, I was I was um. Uh, one of my roommates is taking like second semester introductory physics which is when you first learn about like electrons and charges and whatever you know like it's all electromagnetic theory and so i was explaining to stuff to her and i was drawing on the whiteboard and she starts drawing but she draws an electron and it's red and i <laughs> <laughs> and i look at her i'm like you can't you can't draw an electron like that protons are red i'm like protons are red electrons are blue <laughs> everyone knows this <laughs> It's one of those things that's just like coded into you. Like I can't see a red electron. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Uh, maybe that's like I completely forgot about that, but it makes yeah. so much sense to me. Like it's just natural. It's just natural, and then dark matter is purple. Sure. What else is like that? What color is a black hole? Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name. <laughs> what? That was a joke. Oh. Huh. Um. I forgot how we got here, but my my point is like sh- there's a lot of shit in physics that we study that are fascinating, but that don't have a very clear and definitely not a good looking visual analog. Default plot lines are always blue. Yeah, yeah. Though that I think is like self enforcing at that point. Like just the people who made like Matplotlib and GNU plot were like, oh, what's our first color? It's obviously blue because science is blue. Well, yeah, that's what it's another yeah, yeah. example of that. Um, yeah, but like, like what I work on, how would you, how would you show an image of that? Right? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I'm simulating the inside of plasma accelerators on a, on a, like, micrometer scale at some points. Like, my entire frame that I study for the past year and a half has been a couple of centimeters across. (laughs) It's not going to have a cool photo that I can use as a background on a poster. And so like I was thinking about this because when um when the Higgs boson was discovered. Do you remember the image that they put out? No, I don't. CERN put out this image of like just the like essentially a visualization of the trajectories they had detected in Atlas. Was it was Higgs was Atlas, right? I don't know. Oh god. I feel like I'm fucking that up. Is it the one where it's kind of a black drop and then it's just got a bunch of white curves on it? Yeah, white curves in like green and pink and orange. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to like show some of it. I think it was Atlas. Yes. Atlas and CMS. Okay, so I'm I'm giving CMS the short end of the stick there. Um anyway, when when CERN detected the Higgs, they they put out that image that was the visualization of the tracks they had detected and that is what went on all of their posters and things for anything related to the Higgs after that. But I feel like that's a rare case because it is kind of, in a lot of ways, more scientifically accurate than most posters you see 
mm-hmm. for science related things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, first off, is because it's aimed at other scientists, the ones that I've seen. And because it's such a a identifiable thing to any like particle physicist. You see that image and you're like, oh shit, that's the like that's the Higgs and Atlas. But like most scientific work that you're doing in in my field or in any most of the fields I've like kind of dipped a finger into, um, there's no like one image hmm. that's gonna sum up the idea that quickly. The only reason it works for for the Higgs is because it was such an event, and it was such a like a big discovery that it's become that like recognizable. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, like I'm working in plasma accelerators that don't exist yet. <laughs> Like I can, I, I there's not going to be one image I can put up on a on a flyer that, that any like even any physicist would see and be like, oh damn, that's a plasma accelerator. Like you know what I mean? You could come up with one. Yeah, but I like what would a plasma accelerator be shaped like? Um, it depends. Here's the thing, is that it depends entirely on what you're thinking about, because in a lot of ways what we're using now like plasma accelerators do exist now i, mean, I want to be clear about that they, oh, okay. they, they exist they're just being tested and developed as we go um but it looks like a regular accelerator with a gas chamber in it that's not fun to look at not really yeah so like you can use the plots of like fields or of the plasma density on the inside where it looks kind of like a bubble like that's kind of cool i guess that's kind of bulky, though. Yeah, and it just it doesn't have that like um, the recognizability that 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 Higgs does, and uh, like a lot of this is something that I think physics in particular struggles with, uh, math in in the similar ways, um, <coughs> where it, there's just there's not I guess math even less so though because in math a lot of the concepts are described via image. Like especially in like high theoretical, higher maths, where you like when you get into topology and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's like literally that's what you're doing is drawing shapes. Mm-hmm. So like you've got an easy visual there. I do not. Mm-hmm. Astro, you have less of a problem with this. There's I don't think there's any really problem with that in Astro. Yeah. Because either you can like actually take a picture of it, or you can just draw what it should look like. Yeah. You've got like the artist reconstructions of what the galaxy looks like mm-hmm. and all this and like cool shit. Physics doesn't have that. It's so shitty. Like we have that one image of what like a gravitational like bend around the earth would be like with the moon orbiting it. Mm-hmm. There's that one visualization, but that's an astro thing. Are astronomers just better at graphic design? <laughs> I think it's just more, you know accessible to the topic yeah and i think it's also kind of a uh like a feedback loop too where because it's easier to see and put out into the world visually it's a more approachable subject for like the public to come learn about does that make sense did i say that right yeah yeah that makes sense like people can see a, a picture of space and be like oh cool that's space that's awesome i want to learn more about space mm-hmm. you can't <laughs> you can't really do that with can't do that with just physics on its own. Because have nothing to look at. Yeah, there's, like... You just slap them with some terms and, and perhaps an equation. Yeah, and, like, I'm guilty of this, too, where I will, like, 
if I'm if I'm doing something experimental, if I'm going to an accelerator or if I'm doing lab work in physics, like with my gamma lab shit, I'll take a photo of it and it looks so first off so old school because it's all like analog electronics and so like quote unquote science where it's like all the wires going everywhere and the weird detector looks funny and what are you doing there and like oh there's an oscilloscope like all this shit is so stereotypically like the image of science that you see in like movies that i send it to people who have no idea what it is and i just say science you know sometimes i see your story posts with that Mm -hmm. and it kind of shocks me because i completely forget that that it's weird that's what like physics laboratories look like. oh yeah they're they're (laughs) horrible it's, it's been a while yeah I'm used to like a pretty empty kind of cramped telescope dome or just being in a office with a computer. Like yeah. that's it. That's the uh, entire community of astronomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's either you're either looking at the thing or you're vi- like simulating the thing yeah. and analyzing things, both of which give you cool visuals. Yeah. <laughs> my like I I have cool plots. But my cool plots for my research will take like 20 minutes to explain in enough detail that you can appreciate why my plots are cool. And you can't really just kind of come up with a drawing of what's going on either. Like you can't yeah. really draw an ex- uh, an electron <laughs> yeah. moving through an electric exactly. field. Like all that physics has, especially when you get on small scale, like high energy and particle physics, is like, oh, an electron. How do we draw that? How, do we, how about a big blue circle with a minus sign on it? Like, even when they make 3D renderings of shit, it's like a blue sphere with a minus sign on it. Well, I saw one in one of the posters on the sea level by the physics library (laughs) where it's like a kind of, yeah, clear blue sphere. And then there's some smaller spheres in it and then some like squiggly ones. Oh, yeah, quarks. Yeah. Yeah, you quarks and gluons (laughs) is what you're describing. (laughs) I know. So it wouldn't have been an electron. It's not at all intuitive. I'm hurt that they made it blue if it's supposed to be... Something with quarks and gluons in it. <laughs> That's not correct, but whatever. <laughs> Though I know some people will make like a proton is red and then a neutron is blue and an electron is green. I've seen that sometimes. I've never seen that. Though if you're dealing with nuclear stuff, then they just do protons are red, neutrons are blue, and then you don't worry about electrons because it's nuclear physics. <laughs> so the nucleus is uh, all you worry about. But... um yeah, like, I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that, but, like, it's not exactly eye-catching. Mm. It's a sphere with three spheres it inside. It looks like an art project. Squiggles. And not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a good one. And your brain, like, doesn't immediately snap to, oh, this is probably a physics thing, oh, if you've I seen mean, it yeah. out of context. Yeah, if I, if I didn't know enough about nuclear physics to be like, oh, shit, that's, like, a, a nucleon with three quarks and some gluons in it, then I would, like... <laughs> I don't know what I'd think when I saw that. I'd be like, wow, that's ugly. It looks like one of the designs on those old bus seats. <laughs> like the 80s. Yeah. Like squiggly lines and triangles. Or like the carpets at bowling alleys. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's it's just such a immediate barrier to public outreach in physics. That that I don't think astronomy has. I think astronomy is so much better at public outreach than physics. Mm-hmm. Because everyone can see space. Mm-hmm. And and it's so much more approachable. And you have planetariums. Like, a, a planetarium analog for physics, what would that look like? Uh, exactly. 
a big like microscope like environment yeah like instead of you know going out and looking up you're picturing yourself shrinking down yeah i like i feel like that's going to be one of the big challenges to getting more like young people and and just the public in general interested in in pure physics and i like there's definitely been such an uptick in astrophysicists and like it feels like, at least to me, it feels like everyone I meet in the physics department is actually an astrophysicist. <laughs> and there's so there's not as many like pure physics kids as there used to be. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much less approachable and it's like you don't you don't get that like young age, starry eyed, like, wow, a telescope kind of thing. Yeah, because if you think about it in from like a media perspective, mm-hmm. like there are so many kind of thematic ways to portray astronomy and astrophysics like you can make all kinds of stories about it and these wonderful fantastic tales that take place in astronomy settings whereas you can't really do that in like a physics lab like with physics the way it's portrayed in the media you either have an old probably white dude (laughs) like drawing on a math on a chalkboard which is sometimes accurate sometimes depends mm-hmm. on what you're doing or you have a bunch of people in hard hats by a giant accelerator setup yeah. which is also sometimes true that's sometimes accurate but it's that kind of thing where it's so it's not representative it's not so exciting either yeah and it's not good to look at like, no what's... no one sees an old dude at a chalkboard and goes wow except for me when i was 12 but like <laughs> <laughs> like there's no analog to let's say an astronaut yeah like yeah you don't have an astronaut to look after you you have like fucking einstein which in my defense i did look up to einstein as a kid although einstein was kind of an astrophysicist as well <laughs> kind of was he did some cosmology stuff right and all you know, well like relativity and shit but hey that's relevant to me too i use relativity all the time we learn about why contravariant vectors are actually called contravariant and like covectors and mm-hmm. stuff kind of motivating one forms and all kinds of crap mm. and it's annoying tea switch sure my favorite tea this isn't that bad i'm not the biggest fan of like almond flavorings like that mm. kind of marzipan kind of flavor it's not it's not in my jam my marzipan <laughs> but it's pretty good yours is very weak well it's in, a weak flavor. in my defense this is like the third brew of this tea it's it's not it's not the first uh the first steep all right i won't mm. say it's my favorite this is my favorite tea at least right now i'll give it mm, i'm not gonna rate it Oh, you don't want to hurt my feelings? No. <laughs> I already said last week it's my 10. It's just a nice tea. Hmm. What, shall, what shall we try next week? I I just wanted to let you know that I closed my eyes for a second just then, and I very nearly fell asleep. <laughs> just for like a microsecond. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. It's okay if you fall asleep, I could just very easily shout into your ear. Oh, no. Um, what'd you just say? <laughs> you were saying something and then I interrupted you. Oh, what tea should we try next week? Yeah. 
Um, we've got many teas in this apartment. We'll find one. I do have some exciting news. And it's that I have finally successfully brewed some kombucha. (laughs) And it is my fourth try. (laughs) And my past three trials, I have not been able to get my kombucha to carbonate in second fermentation. And this time they have. And there are two in the fridge that are mixed berry flavored. So if you'd like to try some. I'm okay. I don't like it. You don't like kombucha? No. Oh. I didn't like Vooch until I spent the summer in Texas. And it's like, there's a lot of fancy Vooch down there. Like, because there's a, a shit ton of, like, kombucha breweries in Austin and in San Antonio. And in Houston as well. I've, I've tried some from Houston. So, like, all the cities in, in Texas have a bunch of kombucha brewers. And they make so many good booches that are, like, not fruity. And then you come up here and all the booch is like pomegranate and like there's no like floral herbal booches up here i wonder if that's just because like flavoring is really buzzwordy Mm. nowadays i feel yeah like my favorite kombucha that i got in texas was not flavored it was just plain like high mountain oolong kombucha Hmm. raw unflavored uh, untouched all natural <laughs> wild untainted untamed <laughs> if you will still fermenting in the bottle as you purchase it which is yeah delicious but i'm very i'm very pleased in my latest round of booch it is it is bubbly it is nice I was about to ask where your fern went cuz i couldn't see oh, it oh yeah now I so see it. um there's been some rearranging to the plant world. Um, well, many things have happened in this plant update. So my plant lights broke. They like don't turn on right now. So all of my plants, I don't know if you can tell, all of my plants look a little sad. Like look at my Fetonia. That's a sad Fetonia. Yeah. Because it's not had sun in like two days. Because I didn't realize, because that lamp is on an automatic timer. Uh, so it would just turn on in the morning and turn off at night. But I've been gone for so much of the day that I haven't noticed that it wasn't on. Mm-hmm. And so my, my plants have been without sun for a little too long. And they're they're looking a little worse for wear. Poor plants. I know. But a new one's coming in the mail tomorrow. It should be better. You know, I've spent my entire life surrounded by, like, well, living in or staying in regions where I have, like, a forest around me. Mm-hmm. With, you know, big tall trees yeah. and shrubs and greenery just covering every inch. Ready for the desert? And so, yeah, I was looking up uh, just like things to do with housing and, mm-hmm. you know, where everything is in Tucson. And I saw there's a bunch of like small national parks and reserves around oh, the city. I'm so jealous. And then I just click on some pictures of them and they're all just, I'm like, they all look the same. They're just desert. Just dirt and cacti. Oh my God, but I'm it's like, so cool. Where's the green? yeah yeah that's gonna be interesting i'm gonna have to bring some bring some plants bring some greenery with me get yourself a nerve plant that little nerve plant is doing so well and it's so happy most of the time when it has sun and it's so pretty and it's like a deep green which is really nice and you still have that fern i gave you right Mm -hmm. it's at home though i'm debating if i'm gonna 
live off campus or not. Because, like, I would love to, you know, have my own place. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's not really practical to do that when I can't really be there to shop around and actually look at apartments. Yeah. So I'm thinking I might spend maybe a month or two in the student housing. And then move on. Which is generally the same price as off campus. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. If I know where I'm going, which I don't. (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like I'd maybe go up like a bit early with a few places in mind and then like try to figure it out. I don't know. I like I feel like I might spend a semester or a quarter or whatever cuz half of these places I apply to are on quarter systems and I don't understand That's how terrible. it works. But um I I'd, I'd spend like one not necessarily in student housing but like with roommates. Uh, I like find on like Craigslist or Facebook or something mm-hmm. or or from within my department and then find my own place. That's a good idea. But it, all, it depends on far too many factors that I do not know at the moment. Yeah. See, I'm in kind of a good position to actually be able to sit down and look at one place for exorbitant amounts of time. You're still waiting to hear back from places though, right? Yeah. 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 But as of right now, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. What I will fucking love though. Is that, mm, unless I go to BU, but regardless, with that exception, everything will no longer just be red. (laughs) Everything at Stony Brook is red. Yeah. Like Arizona at least has some dark blue in there too. Yeah. I'm looking Um, forward to that. Because I, don't get me wrong, red's my favorite color, but it's just a lot. I have, right now I have... Um, three red schools and two blue schools. Oh yeah, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. What do they put on brochures for physics programs? Like, do they have pretty pictures on them? Or oh man, I had a bunch. I wonder if I still have those. I might have recycled them. I had a bunch, and a lot of them were like showing students doing experimental stuff. So a lot of it was like showing kids. Like assembling a detector, or like in their little blue gloves, mm. or like soldering a circuit or something. Ooh. Yeah, like like a lot of it was the experimental stuff. So it's all just kind of lab work. Yeah, they they show the labs, mm. like big helium tanks and all that shit. Maybe they'll show an observatory for you astro kids and. Yeah, we've got like observatories and. Big pretty sky pictures usually taking up the whole page with yeah. text overlaid. Yeah, fuck off, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, they usually they show lab work, and I guess for for a lot of kids that's accurate. For a lot of people, that's super accurate. But like, it doesn't. It's not exactly eye catching. <laughs> it's like it's accurate, but not. Uh interesting or or cool to look at whereas the blue swooshes are not accurate but are somewhat cooler to look at though once after you're like 20,000th blue swoosh you can only be so <laughs> interested <laughs> i would love to see one of these blue swooshes i can show you so many blue swooshes <laughs> literally just go on to my work website oh my how's our website coming along um look i would love to help i just don't know what to do oh i can send you the git repo it's on git Okay. I can send it to you. Um, 
We could put a blue swoosh on it. We're not putting a blue swoosh on it. <laughs> I, I ran into an issue that I was looking for a comp sci friend to help with. And we have not yet had the time to get together and work on HTML stuff. Because um, I was having trouble linking an animated frame. Because mm. our website has animations in it. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's super cool. I know. Don't you wish you... Yeah, uh, the other podcasts had that. But no, only ours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure of that. Yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting to be the one behind some of the blue swooshes these days. I I haven't I none of the posters I've made have been particularly blue swooshy, but they have been recommended to me, and I've been sent blue swooshes, and I've been like, I review. I refuse this blue swoosh. You just get rid of it. And I raise you just like a photo from NASA. <laughs> so, like, like I was doing a, uh, there was a dark matter lecture I was making a flyer for, and the photo that I was sent was like blue lines that looked like they were going into like a like a kind of wormhole, black hole kind of scenario, you know, like the tunnel kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, black background, neon blue swooshes, and I just could, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it so i just found a really cool like nasa photo um of like some nebula or something you should have did the bullet cluster i don't know what things are called matt that's one of your deal that was like the smoking gun for dark matter yeah it was it was just some big spacey looking sphere thing (laughs) that i picked and i doubt it's accurate but it's way better looking than some blue swooshes. One of the downsides of astronomy having so many visual representations is that so many of them become stereotypical. Yeah. I guess I was uh, browsing Redbubble the other day looking for new laptop stickers. As you do. And one of them was literally just like the piece of paper folded and then sticking the pencil through for a wormhole. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, hmm. this grosses me out. Yeah. You know what's interesting that the Simon Center doves have is the wall. Do you know the wall in the Simon Center? No. So this building is the one beautiful building on campus. And because it was built not by Stony Brook, it was built by the Simons Foundation. And it's a whole center entirely dedicated to like uh, theoretical physics and, and math. And you walk in and behind like this big staircase there's a giant wall made of like limestone or something that has carved into it a bunch of significant math and physics formulas and like some some diagrams like I, i'm pretty sure it has the the three quarks and the gluons in there and it's you know it's it's got some like iconic like Feynman diagram kind of stuff but it's mostly just math and they're just presenting it on the wall as, as like as art and as as something beautiful which like as someone who studied physics yeah like i i'd agree in some aspects mm-hmm. but like that's what we've got <laughs> is some formulas carved into a wall we kind of talked about this last week didn't we with uh kind of in the background of movies and science shows mm-hmm. on the chalkboard there's just random equations scribbled and like the obligatory sine wave yeah yeah, and they just mean nothing. Yeah, it's like the the classic, like, you can find it as, like, phone cases and, yeah. and backgrounds a lot, where it's just a bunch of math. Yeah. And they'll have, like, E equals MC squared in in one corner, 
and then they'll have something to do with like thermo in another and they have something that's not even physics it's just like a circle <laughs> like, like, geometry yeah they'll have like some basic geometry on there they'll put pythagorean theorem on there and there's usually like a big blown up einstein face yeah yeah like that's what physics has for for visualizing what it is especially on the theoretical side you just got to get better at taking pictures of things i guess just take a picture of an electron <laughs> if only <laughs> Oh, man. Like, well, they can take a, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I've seen the pictures of atoms with like electron mm. microscopy, I guess yeah, is the yeah, word. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Just do that. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it's cool and scientifically very, like, very interesting and amazing that that's something we can do, but it doesn't look good. It's like a gray image of some like vaguely spherish Thing. you just need an artist's conception of it yeah yeah you guys have artist's conceptions of things like no one really well i guess we've taken a picture of a black hole now hmm. but prior to what year was that was that last year was that last? don't ask me when something was <laughs> not today <laughs> prior to within the past three years yeah graphic designers hmm. have done all of our work <laughs> I'm sure you could come up with a really cool way of drawing an electron. I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it a point particle? Electrons? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, electrons are, like, fundamental particles. They don't break down into anything else. Does it have a shape? I don't know. It's like a... It's a Fuck if I know, it a Matt. String? I don't know. Don't you know string theory? I don't. <laughs> I'm not a theorist, really. Not really. I don't know. It's fucky. Yeah, you are. I'm not really. Kind of. You work on a computer. That doesn't make me a theorist. Kind of. I simulate an experiment. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, I'm. It's it's hard a to classify. I would count that under the theorist. You hit my plant. Not... <laughs> I'm sorry. How dare you? <laughs> You come into my home, you call me a theorist, and then you hit my plant. I'm giving it kinetic energy to stimulate growth. <laughs> like, sometimes when I'm really bored and I'm cooking, and I gotta boil water, and I don't have anything else to do while the water is in the process of boiling, I'll just... Do you stir it sh- really I'll shake fast? the pot, and be like, I'm making this go quicker. <laughs> it's like the oh, whole slap so the chicken stupid. thing. That's so stupid. Oh my god. It's really not, though. It's physics. Although I will say physics does have its demonstrations. Demonstrations, yeah. Like your first year of physics. Yeah. You don't get demonstrations after like your first or second year of physics. I don't. We don't have them anymore. But for public outreach, that's for all you need. For public outreach, yeah. When I first came to Stony Brook, like during Accepted Students Day, they had a physics thing. And they had a like an event that was literally just all of the freshman year classical physics demonstrations like all the cool ones and so like the spinning with the bike wheel and mm-hmm. the thing where you have like the sound waves in the pipe and fire coming out do you know what i'm talking about no oh it's a cool one that's yeah it just it shows like all the the nodes of the fundamental frequencies and of sound going through a pipe but you've also got like little jets of like flame coming out of holes in it 
and because of the nodes, sometimes it looks like a like an equalizer that you see in like oh, in music. Super cool. It's super cool. Yeah. And it's, then you always got the banograph generator. Banograph generator sticking people's hair up. Yeah. And yeah. All those fun things. But they don't look good. They're cool to experience, but they don't look cool. What about lightning? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because doesn't... Well, lightning inherently has electrons in it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, if your question is, does this have electrons in it, and it's something you can see, it's probably got electrons in it. And, and... You're, you're not letting me get to my point. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Carry on to your point, sir. Doesn't it usually make the air around it a plasma? It does. I was about to there say. There you go. Lightning. Plasma physics. On your next yeah. poster. Yeah. Yeah. But make it blue. No. <laughs> Please, God. Anything other than blue right now. That's another thing. Well, I guess lightning is kind of blue sometimes. Yeah. So I was going to say, you'd think of lightning as being yellow. Oh. Because sometimes you see it. I think of it you as You usually white. see it yellow. Well, yellow, white, same thing. <laughs> it's like the sun. The sun's technically white, but it's kind of yellow, and it's... I consider them the same color. But, like, on a poster or, like, a sports jersey, it's always, like, blue. Blue lightning. Yeah. Or you could have grease lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you just cracked yourself up way too much. <laughs> For what really wasn't a joke. It was just a game of word association. <laughs> I find word association to be very amusing. Sometimes that's what I'm good at. I think my sense of humor has gotten a little bit too weird. Tell me a joke. See, here's the thing. I think what I find funny isn't jokes. It's like very mundane things in life. Like today, I was making some fake chicken nuggets, right? Like they come in a little bag, and so I took it, like opened the bag and dumped it out into like onto a tray, like a baking sheet, and they were like in a little mountain. (laughs) (laughs) I just (laughs) I lost my shit thinking about if you just put it in the oven like that. (laughs) You made a huge mound. something mundane like everyone knows you're supposed to just lay yeah. things flat on a baking it's tray hap- were, they, were they frozen yeah yeah <laughs> everything clumps up well they weren't even clumped they were just they like they were separate they were just oh. like stacked to top each other and i thought it was the funniest <laughs> shit to think about putting them in there i think you're just tired in a little mountain it's like um one day i got the funniest snapchat i've ever received uh we were bowling together i don't know if you recall but I got a Snapchat from one of my friends saying, uh, like, update, it appears I am no longer allergic to persimmons. <laughs> and I have laughed my ass off at that Snapchat for, like, on multiple occasions, days, if not weeks apart. Because <laughs> here's the thing. First off, who the fuck has eaten a persimmon? <laughs> I don't. I what is a persimmon? I don't even. Apparently, it's like a tomato, but like not more like fruity than a tomato. I guess. I don't know. But first off, who the fuck has eaten a persimmon? Second off, you've eaten enough persimmons to realize you're allergic to a persimmon, <laughs> which is hilarious. And then <laughs> you've waited some time for 
literally by the word update years <laughs> and then you've eaten yet another persimmon <laughs> enough so to know that you are no longer allergic to persimmons and, I... and kind of implied in that is that not only have you waited to eat this persimmon but you've wanted that persimmon persimmon yeah. enough to eat it despite possibly being allergic to it like it's the funniest thing i've ever thought about is persimmons <laughs> i think that's hilarious and one day like a couple years ago i i lost my shit for hours crying laughing reading toaster reviews on amazon <laughs> because not only have you bought a toaster on amazon but you've cared enough about your toaster's functionality that you have written a review i will say i've left a stapler review do you want to know one of one of the best toaster reviews yes it was five stars and it just said yay toast (laughs) (laughs) i can't can't handle that where are you in your life that you log on to amazon go to the page of a toaster you have purchased and leave a review that just says yay toast that's funny Uh, and there were a ton of like two star reviews because it couldn't handle frozen bagels (laughs) wow what just stop. <laughs> oh my god it's just it's the little things that's my sense of humor now it's Toast. like it's like mundane yet confusing and like surreal it's like you take something aggressively uninteresting like toaster reviews or persimmons and then you just make it a little bit incorrect <laughs> and i can't i can't handle it it's the chaos aspect. Oh my god, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god, that's my life right now. <laughs> so I don't, I don't find jokes that funny anymore. No, I'm completely with you. <sighs> we were talking about design. Yeah. Blue swooshes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that what a swoosh sounds like? You know, I think it's... Here's what I think is interesting about design and physics, right? Is that all I do as as a physics researcher is make plots. Mm -hmm. That's all I do. All day, I think of, like, I think of the science, obviously, but then, like, the way I present my results is, like, how do I best plot this, right? Yeah. So I think about how to visually represent my work all the time. But it's just not in a way that looks cool to anyone that doesn't know the context of what I'm working on. Mm. So it's like it's frustrating in that aspect. Like I spend a lot of time thinking about how to visually represent my work. But if I show that plot to anyone, like you've seen those plots, they're not that interesting. Do you ever find yourself coming across a plot you made a long time ago? Like I find this happening to me a lot and I'll find something I made in haste like mm. 10 minutes before a meeting i just wanted to kind of put it down Mm -hmm. and then move on and then i look at it and i'm so disgusted oh yeah if i see a bad plot that i've made i'm like 
like I'm writing my thesis right now, which requires like a lot of, especially because I'm writing my methods section. So I have to show like development kind of mm-hmm. plots. And so I have to pull like stuff from a while ago and be like, okay, what did this plot look like? What did this system look like when I wasn't including this variable or whatever, you know? <clears throat> and so I have to look at these old plots and I've made so many that like don't have axes labeled or like don't have legends yeah or even just font sizes yeah i'm like what the fuck were you doing like eight months ago audrey that you made this plot that's so terrible yeah oh it tests me (laughs) but that i mean i guess that's a a tribute to how much we've learned which is nice it's a it's a sign of growth yeah yeah we make much better plots i mean you know i had such a science moment yesterday which i can't believe that was fucking yesterday what is my life but, and like, I made, very quickly, I made, like, six different significant plots and made a whole set of slides based around them. And they were all, like, they were all clear. They were all showing interesting and important developments I had made scientifically. And I'm like, wow. I'm, like, really good at science, guys. And I I texted my sister because of it. I'm like, did you know I really like doing science? (laughs) Because it's such a good feeling when you get it, like, when you get it right, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, like, this is good science I've done right now. Mm -hmm. And my advisor said the same thing. He's like, this is pretty good science. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) I've been, well, my project has been rapidly venturing into the places that my advisor doesn't know oh no so it's kind of like we're both figuring things out together yeah and it's a really odd experience to go through when the person that should have all the answers doesn't have any yeah i mean that's research for you no one has all the answers yeah i got a i got a message like an email at like 5 a.m it was like before 5 a.m it was like 4 50 in the morning i got an email from my advisor with some math that he had sketched out on his iPad really quickly and screenshotted and sent to me being like, I thought of this way we could be doing this differently while I was falling asleep last night. And I'm like, oh, cool. Sick. I'll, I'll put that in the code and see what we get. Like, Sometimes it makes me feel kind of good about myself and like me being a researcher working under someone hmm. when they make it known that they thought about me. Like yeah. Today in my meeting, my advisor was like, oh, I thought about this at lunch today. I was like, you thought about me at lunch? <laughs> It yeah. makes you feel good. It's nice. I like, you know, part of why I, I feel especially good about the work I did yesterday is because the reason that I, there was any work to do at all is because I caught an error in my own work that my advisor had missed and I had missed for months. Mm-hmm. And I went back to it. I was doing it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think it actually works like this. And so not only was I the one to fix the problem, I was the one to catch the problem. And so I, like, it was such like a, oh, I did this myself, like feeling. Mm-hmm. It's really good times. I'm proud of you. <sighs> I'm good at science. You are. Turns out. I got to come up with the topic for a three-minute science talk. Ooh. And for I your think, science communication class? Yeah. Wow. I think I'm going to do leap years because 2020 is a leap year. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 yes, man. <laughs> Just the, like the slow motion of your phone slowly sliding down the blanket, and you without even looking, without like a any sort of hesitation or thought in your mind, just gently wishing it goodbye. 
I don't need a phone. <laughs> are you okay? I'm really tired. Your glasses are crooked. <laughs> Your headphones are crooked. <laughs> I'm really tired. Yeah. Um, and I'm also quite cozy right now. Mm-hmm. I think I've just like in the past like probably like seven days of my life, you know, I've just compounded a lot of a lotness, you know. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm reaching a point where it's just <laughs> nothing's happening in here. <laughs> my brain's empty. Like when I need to, like when I'm in lab or when I'm at work, I can turn it back on. I'll be like, okay, yeah, like we're working on like, oh, how does this nuclear physics work? Like, let's figure it out, whatever. When I'm doing research, I can turn it back on. I'm like, oh, this, like, especially research. Like research, I'm like, I, I'm full in. I'm like dedicated. But now, like, I'm done with classes for the day. And like I'm, I've got a blanket and some tea, and I'm, yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, when we're working, our brains are going at such a high level. Yeah. That as opposed to just staying at like one flat line throughout the day, mm. we spike up and then and dive then down to compensate for that. We just gotta yeah, go all the yeah. way down. We still gotta average to zero. Yeah. But oof. High intensity yeah, interval training for the brain. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip at the moment. So I think my brain is just not going. It's not doing. <laughs> it's stalled. I, yeah, I, tried, <laughs> I, I tried to think of a like a manual transmission analogy of brains and I can't. So that's like evidence. Case in point. I can't think of an analogy and it's right there for me. Alright, um <laughs> podcast, am I right? Um we did a plant update today in that my plant lamp died. What else? Do you have any closing, concluding thoughts? Hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> good, good uh, okay. podcasting content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd say we had a good episode. <laughs> Should you rate the episode? <laughs> it was no, it wasn't as good because we didn't plan it out. Yeah, we never were bullet points, and you could tell. Yeah, I'm just. You're, you're vibing. <laughs> you are in outer space. Vibes right now. and vibrations. Um. You are a beat frequency <laughs> that is just off. <laughs> anyway. Um. So podcast, am I right? Um. Design things, blue swooshes, space, photos. Anything else? We never proposed a solution. I can't think of one right now. I feel like I feel weird ending a podcast without any like suggestions for how we could improve. There's no resolution to the design problem in <laughs> physics at the moment. I I mean, maybe one day when I'm like less sleepy. Until <laughs> I can figure it out. <laughs> You can take a picture of an electron or draw one. Yeah. My my challenge to you is to draw an electron. Is to draw an electron. I draw without, a circle. Without using the color blue. Without any sort of text. Like no minus like sign. Like no minus sign. Dangerous. You just gotta draw it like orbiting a nucleus. Like you know how they draw the planets orbiting the sun. And it's not correct. Usually. 
Well, I mean, it's correct for planets. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know how electrons work in orbit. Because I feel like because every time every time they teach it to us, they're like, oh, this is actually kind of wrong, but yeah. we're going to tell it to you they, anyways. They don't, but they do because it's a, all we can know because of uncertainty is that it's a probability cloud of orbit. Like, the orbits Although you the, see the, are uh, probability distributions. Those are usually kind of cool. They're a little cool. Like the graphs of the spherical harmonics. Yeah. That's a solution. <laughs> Just grab some spherical, spherical harmonics for yeah. every poster we ever make. They look kind of cool. Yeah. But don't make them blue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was my plan. I was going to make them blue and swooshy. I was going to make them extra like vaporous and neon and put them on a black background so they're hard to see. My challenge to all of science today is to go without the color blue for a week. <laughs> it's a good challenge. It's hard to do. The hashtag no blue challenge. <laughs> Speaking of which, follow us on social media. Sprouting.in.stem on Instagram. And Sprouting and Stem on Twitter. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. We'll do um another of these podcasts uh, next week. So listen to that one. Stay tuned, <laughs> kids. <laughs> if you're still listening to this. Um, perhaps you can win a prize. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything to give out. <laughs> Our gratitude. <laughs> Maybe like a, oh, wow, thanks. We should have a meet and greet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why not? No. Do some signings. Oh, my God. Okay. I'll sign your Spotify for you. <laughs> Take a screenshot of your favorite episode and I'll sign it. <laughs> Takes a sharpie to someone's phone screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, they gotta print it out, silly. Oh, okay. Clearly that's the solution. Mm -hmm. Alright. We good? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs>